Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Edit audio. Hi, everybody. Guess who's in the room with me? My lady friend. My lady (laughs) friend, Mary. Hi. I brought her in because I wanted to talk about how we got today's guest. So this was around Christmas time, and we're sitting at the dining room table of Mary's dad's house, like picture tiny little house in Ohio. And we are 100% hiding from the HGTV show that is on volume 1000 in the living room. And Mary's niece, my niece by marriage, and I are talking about career and changes and being stuck and not knowing what it is that you want to do with your work life. And I'm all, let's talk about this career shift. Oh my God, have you thought about X? Have you thought about Y? Have you thought about Z? And I was like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, you should do this on Robin's podcast. I was like, yes, Mary, yes. And I turned to Megan and I said, listen, I am really going to need to get into all of your personal business. Are you ready? And Megan, right, Mary, she didn't even know what the podcast <laughs> was about. She had like no idea. And she was like, of course. She was like, sure. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. I'm in. Look at you booking my podcast, baby. You know, that's my second job is helping you book your podcast. <laughs> I give you all the good ideas, Robin. I mean, it is true. You do. You are like my Jane Wagner. (laughs) You are my Jane Wagner to Lily Tomlin. And if you don't know who Jane Wagner is, people, you better look her up. I'm just saying. Look her up. She's hilarious. Hello, folks. I'm Robin Hopkins, and this is Well Adjusting, where I talk to people about life stuff, but, you know, not in an NPR way, more like a we're at the bar, we're having cocktails, and I am getting into your business sort of way. Oh, we love a cocktail. Oh, and producer Steph is here too. Oh yeah, hi, that's me. Today we chat, well, when your ADHD clashes with your J-O-B. All right, people, Megan! Okay, I, I love her. She is a new mom who had a baby in a pandemic. She studied jazz. She worked in the film industry. Now she works as an esthetician, which is just like a fancy word for waxing. I mean, I'm sure it's more than that, but that's what I know of it. So, you know, rip, rip. She's trying to figure out what the next act of her career should be and if she will ever find the job, you know, all the while trying to manage her ADHD. And while I definitely feel like there is one job, like I want to be a performer, a writer, a creator, like that is it for me. I've always wanted that since I was like five. But I know that that's not the case for many, many people. And I think, Mayor, while I still have you here before I kick you out of my my very fancy recording studio aka our bedroom. I I want to say that you kind of feel like that too, don't you? Like that one job isn't everything you need in life, right? Am I putting words in your mouth? Well, I think that I think that there's not one job that 
that is everything for me because it's not so much what I'm doing, but how I do my job that gives me the most fulfillment. Like I feel the most fulfilled when I am really good at my job and I'm getting a lot of validation from that, from, you know, the people that I work with, but also just knowing that I'm doing a good job and, and being a good employee, which is really kind of sad, really, when you think about it. <laughs> I mean, we can deal with a therapist later for that. But I do want to say thank you once again for giving us today's guest. I love Megan. Mary loves Megan. You are going to love Megan. Let's just like, get into this. So I'm from D.C. I was in Catholic school and uh, my mom got a call and they were just like, I think it was in second grade. And the teacher was like, I refuse to teach your daughter. I'm not going <laughs> to. Can it. you imagine second grade? Second we're grade. With like, her. I was like such a problem child. And, you know, um, she was just like, I absolutely refuse. And my mom was like, it's the middle of the school year. Like, what am I going to do? And she had said like, oh, I've worked with children who have different disabilities and stuff. And I don't want to do it anymore. That's why I started working here. So great, great. Needless to say, I was in a class with 40 kids and I never paid attention. I was terrible at math. Um, I don't know. I never I was so confident as a kid. I had no idea. I just went through life and was happy as a clam and just didn't know. And so my mom started she found this school and I started taking all of these tests to see like, you know, what is it? What do I have? And all these things. Um, and it came back that like, you know, just full blown ADHD, whatever that actually entails on some scale. And um, I got into it's called the Lab School of Washington. And um, the government paid for me to go, luckily, because it's a very expensive school. Um, but I took a test every single year. I was funded. Was the test to see if you were improving or to see, oh, yeah, yeah, she still got I it. I guess to see if I still have it. It was the same <laughs> test every year. Yeah, exactly. And I, like, you know, it's like one of those like weird aptitude tests. And I remember there's like a story at the very end of it. And it was like this woman and there was like a woolly mammoth and she was holding a baby. <laughs> and it was like, you know, this kind of caveman scene. And she's just like out with all these like rocks and cliffs and everything. And it was like, tell us what's happening here. And I wrote the same story for seven years straight. I wrote the same story, but would just add more to it. Be like, oh, my God, she found out she has an uncle. Like, I don't know. I would just keep adding to it. And I was like, I don't know the point of the story. But it was the same thing over and over and over again. So anyways, I ended up going there. And it was pretty life changing to be surrounded by people who actually care. It made a huge difference. The biggest class I had in high school, I think, was my math class. And there were eight kids in it. Oh, wow. So to have that one on one to be able to ask questions. I mean, that's what I've really learned about myself is that I'm going to ask everything. Oddly enough, I had so much confidence not knowing anything that when I was put in a situation where I was learning or I was able to ask and not feel like I was going to be punished for wanting to know or not knowing the answer, mm -hmm. it, it kind of took me down a couple notches. Because somebody was actually listening to me. Oh, so you're saying you were more confident before because you didn't know you didn't know. And like then once you realized yeah, yeah. And then once you realized you didn't know, you were like, Oh shit, I'm 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 in trouble. It was like, like, oh so my god, I don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's kind of hilarious though, in a way that's like opposite 
of like how most people approach it. Most people are like, no, they don't know anything and have no confidence. And then as they gain things, they get more confident. Like you were kind of the opposite. Well, I think that's so fascinating. I do it now where like as this role of, you know, I've been an esthetician for 10 years and now I'm managing the center that I work at. And, you know, it's all these numbers and goals and everything we have to do. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And everyone's like, yes, you do. All right, listen, we're going to talk about career because like you started off as um, like in the movie industry, the behind the scenes production. And then you mentioned that you're an S. How do I I can never say that word? Say it for me. Uh, Esthetician. But before we start to talk about that in like your and your career quandary, I was doing like a little bit of research about ADHD before the call. And it was mm-hmm. like jobs that people with ADHD should be. And that was like number six. Yeah. Um, and it was about the constant transition of people and the keeping it new and all that. And I thought that was so interesting that you landed in a field that was designed for you in some ways. So my mom had me and my sister take an aptitude test when we were really little. Not an aptitude, whatever it's called. Like what your job should be when you grow up. How old were you when your mom made you take that test? Oh, I don't know, young, eight or something like that. She just thought it'd be fun. So mine had all of that on it, like nurse, esthetician, anything like you just said, a lot of like Mm -hmm. people, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And my sister's was, you know, my sister, she's a scientist in a laboratory. Exactly. Let's talk about you landing in that field. And then let's talk about you have a kid, you have a husband, and now you're like in this more settled down life and you're trying to figure out what is like, what is next? Like, you don't know if you like managing and like, how is that all shaking out for you? So I was really, really done with, with waxing there. Not that I was like, oh, I hate, I hate it here, but I had done it for like seven years and I could wax in the dark with my eyes closed. I mean, it's so robotic and I was like really done I just felt so like my brain was atrophying it wasn't being challenged whatsoever you know and I had Charlie Marco started school the pandemic hit it was just like this culmination of all these things so and so you couldn't actually do your job for a while there no, I mean, honestly, it was, I feel so bad saying this because so many people have suffered and it was really horrible. But I got to have Charlie at this time where in this country where there, you know, was like it was six weeks of maternity leave yeah. that I was for six months, I got paid to be at home with her. Oh, that's because like we were amazing. completely closed. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm really thankful for like that, that opportunity even though it was because of the pandemic and everything. But when I went back, having Charlie going through a pandemic, it just kind of gave me this confidence. I mean, I was in labor with her for two days, emergency C-section. You kind of go out of that being like, uh, anything I've ever worried about that was so minor, like, who cares? Yeah, yeah. And so I was at work and I was like, I'm definitely done here. I'm confident in that. They've given me, I've gotten everything I can get out of this place in this position And I just wanted to move on. And I was done, like just 100%. And I had talked to all my guests about it. I was just like, I don't know, you know. It's like a therapy session in there for them and for me. (laughs) You're like, yeah, I'm like, oh my God. What should I do? (laughs) Do your knees, do your chest. Also, I'm having this like problem right now. Yeah, it's really, literally, (laughs) that is exactly what it's like. There's something so funny about somebody's vagina full up in the air. And you're like, I'm just not sure what I should do with my career. Rip. I feel stuck. Okay, now breathe in. Okay, yeah, no, really. I mean, that is... This is going to sting. 
random so for seven years straight that is exactly what i did waxing your labia while we talk about our problems <laughs> so i all of a sudden get, get this text message from my manager and he was like hey guy who's our operations manager wants to have a meeting with you and I was like, oh, my God, am I getting fired? Like, what's does he, happening? Does he know I don't want to do this anymore? I know. Rip. I was like, can they hear me in here? And although I am in so loud, I'm sure everyone heard everything. Probably. Most likely. Um, but, yeah, so they sit down and they're like, well, my manager was leaving. And they were like, he referred you to be manager here. And they were, were like, like, oh, by why? the way, he, he's leaving and you have two days to decide. And I was like, uh, uh. And so I was like, I literally have nothing to lose. Yeah. You know what I mean? Except for maybe my job. But I was already planning to leave anyways. So, like, yeah. who cares? And it, this feeling of being like when you kind of feel like you have nothing left to lose, the interview that I had with my operations manager, I've never been so honest in my entire life. I wasn't going to pretend I knew things I didn't know. Mm -hmm. What's the point? I just wasn't going to, like, sugarcoat anything. I was like, oh, by the way, I'm super ADHD. If this job is like me organizing everything, it's not going to happen. Maybe I'll learn to do it, but please don't expect that of me because at this point, that's not what you're going to see. And I can't spend this job trying to make it seem, you know, I'm not Amelia yeah. Bedelia, but I'm not like, you know, <laughs> the most organized human on the planet. And he, you know... He was like, oh, well, thank you for saying that. And I was like, yeah. I mean, I really just had nothing to lose. Isn't that funny how sometimes when you have nothing on the table, it's like your best interview ever because you just say yeah. it like it is. You, you know, you're, you're coming in with what you can and can't do. And they're like, all right, right, we'll give her a shot. And I think that that allows what, it, what you're actually doing is kind of opening the door for you to just learn new stuff. Mm. You know what I mean? It's not like, well, I'm just not like that and I don't care and I'm never going to be like that. It's like, oh, well, I don't know how to do that. I hope I learn to through this job. And I hope that this gives me the opportunity to do something like that. And I think that that right there, I mean, if you go into a job saying, I'm going to be perfect at this, you're going to fail. Yeah, because you're not. You're not going to be perfect. No. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. the owner, our operations manager, they have such confidence in me. And mm. they're always so proud of me and all of these things. And I was like, I've literally never had this in a job before. 
Every right. time I do something, I'm like, really? And they're like, Jesus, you need to have more confidence. Like, yes, you're yeah. doing amazing. And it like blows my mind. And so say, that also seems like a prerequisite for something that you need in a job is is people to tell you you're doing a good job because you are in such a default setting of feeling like you're not knowing what you're doing. Exactly. And that's the thing about being an esthetician. Nobody ever has to say I'm doing a good job as an esthetician. I already know I am. All the hair is gone. <laughs> I nailed it. Yeah. I know I'm so good at what I do. And I'm so yep. confident in it. And I know all of the ins and outs of it that there's like no breaking that for me. You know right. what I mean? This is so much different. I've never done anything like this before. So, and there are people who just, this is what they want. They know it. This is what they're going to do. This is their dream. I don't have that. Yeah. My dream is always to be around people. Yeah. I want to inspire people. I want to help people, whatever form that takes. I, I think there's many people who don't have like a passion that they're like, this is the job I have to have. I think that's many people who, mm-hmm. who are just trying to figure out something that's like, can make work. I don't want to use the word bearable because it sounds like it's a just total grind, but to make work not be unbearable and then to go have their passion elsewhere in their life. Right. And Family to be or- honest, being a manager, like I want to help people, you think this would be a great opportunity, but it's also like, I don't want to do your job for you. I mean, I got a phone call the other day on my day off because there was a spider in her room. And you're like, I'm kill it. Just kill the spider. Step on I'm it. I'm like, uh, put it in a cup and throw it outside, which I did. The next day I was there, it was in another room, and I literally was like, come in here and put it in a cup, walked it outside, and threw it over the thing. And I was like, please don't call me on my day off. Like, what am I supposed to do? Teleport there and kill the spider? Those things I cannot stand. Yeah. I want to inspire people to problem solve on their own, and I will help them do that. But a lot of people aren't like that, or maybe they don't haven't had the opportunity to do that. They're just kind of like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's like a thousand different answers. Like, try something. And by the way, that's management in a nutshell, though. <sighs> it, 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 management is not great all the time because you're just you've got to deal with 18 different personality types. You've got the people who don't want to listen to you and then the people who listen to you too much and won't do anything on their own. And then people who don't want to do work and then people who try to do everybody else's work yeah our job is actually really really easy it's under a corporate umbrella like they give us everything yeah there's literally there's a handbook for that for every single task that we have there everyone it's all laid out for you they have scripts you don't even have to come up with your own words right so the fact that like the easiest things can't be done like just drives me insane I like this job. I like aspects of it, but I still want to do something different. And I, I don't know. I might be one of those people who just never knows what they want to do. Well, let me ask you this question. It's a little bit of a pivot, but so, so it sounds like it's like you can do this. It allowed you to stay there a little bit longer because you were at a done point, but it sounds like it's not the fit for your next period in career. So like, how are you addressing, like figuring out what your next thing is? Um, I, I don't know. I'm such <laughs> so there, a dreamer. There you like, like my ADD. I'm like, ooh, what is that over there? No. Something um, red, pretty and shiny. I, this is like the, this is the age old question forever. I just have no idea. But I think that what I have learned in my life is that you just, as long as you try As long as you, you know, do what you're supposed to do, 
you work with ethics and morals, things like that, just like the basics mm-hmm. of being a good person, you'll find the path you're trying to go on. So you think you think the next thing's going to show up as long as you're just making the next right action. Well, I don't think I talk. mean, you can't just like sit there and just be like, it's going to pop up at me and then I'm going to have it. Yeah. I mean, I used to kind of wait for that, which is silly yeah. because it's like it's not. No one's just going to like really hand you something. But although that's what happened to me in this job, which is kind of weird. But, um, you know. You're like, it's however, just, that has happened to me several times. <laughs> however, that is literally how I've gone through my life. Um, no, I just think that, like, I want to make Charlie proud. Like, I want to make my daughter proud of me. I just want to do something that, that inspires people, honestly. That is, like, my biggest thing. I always thought about maybe going, working at a university and being, like, a, not like a, counselor what do they call you know what it, it administers oh, like your advisor advisor yeah yeah I love having people tell me about you know things they're worried about and things that they are unsure of and giving them allowing them to kind of see it from a different perspective and be like maybe try this I wonder you know? I wonder if like your mom did such an interesting and cool thing with you at a young age of like saying just your aptitude but I wonder if like like because it's funny that that's the thing that I did, too, is I started, like, careers for ADHD. I was just, like, out of curiosity. But I wonder if you were to take all the stuff that you learned from the school, your mom, the aptitude test, and then you were to take that and then take the stuff that you know you like doing. Like, you know you like being with people. You know you like advising and helping. You know you want to make a difference. And then you were to take some aptitude tests. And if you were to start to... Combine them that all, way, like, yeah, yeah, and see. And but I, I also wonder: is are there are there people out there that are specifically designed that can help with that process? Oh, I'm sure there are. I mean, I think that I'm really stubborn when it comes to my ADHD. Mm-hmm. I live in it. You know, it's like a friend that you end up having. That yeah, it's your best friend, probably. Yeah, you know, and there's aspects of it that I love, like. But maybe it's time to be like, all right, we're best friends and you're with me, but we should, the two of us should go talk to somebody. Like, I just, you know, wonder if yeah. it's maybe a point of, because it's like once you have kids and you get married, there is this new level of pressure in the choice. I just wonder if maybe that's like a a point to just bring that into the conversation. That's the most adult thing that I could do. I can right. say that I, I mean, I have seen, um, God, it took two years to find a therapist here, I would literally call places and they'd never call back. Right. You know, the problem with the system in this country for things like that is really difficult, especially with somebody who's suffering from depression. And you make a phone call that that takes a lot of strength to do that, literally even physical strength to do something like that. And you don't get a call back. ADD is the same way. You know what I mean? You're kind of like, oh my God, I just finally got organized and you're reaching out to these people and you can't find a place it's really disheartening and you kind of learn like oh I'm just gonna have to do it on my own then that's fine and um I always think that if there were chances that it could be like I pick up the phone right now call somebody you know it's not a billion dollars for me to have this chance of learning all of this stuff I wonder where I would be I mean the truth is you can make excuses all day and everything and you know and I think that I always just have to do, I always, I want to do everything at once. You know what I mean? Baby steps Mm -hmm. are really hard for me. Yeah. I want to go all in 
all the time. That's it. I'm changing everything I do, you know, throw everything yeah. out and let's start yeah. anew. It's so dramatic, which I've always been so dramatic. And it's just like, first of all, I'm never actually going to do that. You know right. what I mean? And then it sounds exhausting. And so little by little, I'm just like baby steps. You know, I want to do it now. I want to leave my job now. I want to find a new place now. I want to know the answer if I have another job. Like, it's going to take some time. And let yeah. it take time. I mean, yeah. you're not going anywhere. Well, and you have you have a place and you have a job right now and you yeah. like the people and they support you. So right. those are all good things. Like, you're not, at least you're not in a position where it's like, holy crap I've got to like the pandemic could have gone in a whole different direction for you and then you would have had to have figured something out right then and there so that's at least good just maybe just figuring out what your next step is well that also makes me feel really scared like maybe I should just stay I've been so lucky and thankful and all of these things there's like a weird part of me that feels really bad for wanting to keep going but you know I'm sure that's another thing for me and my new therapist to talk about when I find them (laughs) But it's also, it's business. You know, I think sometimes I I remind myself, like, um, my old boss, great, great, great guy, one of our expert of the days, and and he used to say, he used to talk about layoffs at corporations, and he would say, Robin, you need to remember that at some point in time, our names have been on the list. And and then someone took us off the list for whatever reason. But the you know when the human resources lady comes down with the ruler and the yellow highlighter, they're they're picking people off. It's business, yeah. and yeah. You, you you're in a. It's great that they've been supportive of you. And but like I, I mean I hate to say like loyalty doesn't exist in business, but it, it does to the extent of as long as a person can carry you. But when they can't carry you anymore, and that's the best case. In the worst case, you're a line on a piece of paper with the highlighter. You yeah. Know, it's just, you know, maybe your personality separates you from the other guy who makes the same exact amount of money of you. But if there's somebody who's a dink but makes $25,000 less than you, guess what? They got a quota to hit, you're going. So it's yeah. like, I think sometimes we have to remind ourselves it's business and you have to ultimately do what's best for your family and for you. Right. And I can't, I can tell you right now, you saying it's business, like that. You know, this is where my um, my kind of like ignorance and naive naivete, if you will, is like, no, but they're people like business, yeah. this kind of like number goal, whatever. I'm yeah. like, I've asked so many different managers when I first started, how do you get, you know, I can't even get my front desk staff to stand up out of their chair when, you know, new guests walk in and they're like, oh, I just get rid of the chairs. And I was like, oh, I'm not doing that. I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, is it really that important enough to do something like that? Or maybe you can have a conversation and connect. And I've realized that, like, my side of it is like, oh, we'll talk about this until you literally want to leave this job. I bet they would probably be easier for them if I just took the chair away. Yeah. Because I'm going to sit down and, like, grab my guitar and we're going to talk this out. And everyone's like, oh, my God, I'll just stand up. I don't even care anymore. Like, that's how I do things. I'm like, let's talk about what's going on. And everyone's like, nope, I got it. I'm never going to not do that again. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. You know what I mean? The fear of you talking to them about their feelings is is worse (laughs) than standing. 45 (laughs) minutes later of like me telling some story about some time I didn't stand up and everyone's like, I hate it here. (laughs) But that is just who I am. I can't, I don't know if I ever want to turn that off. And I don't think I can. I think you need to flip this on its head. And instead of looking at it like 
I'm not this. They they need me to be this. I think you need to just look at what you are and distill that down and then look for the match for what you are. I do think to a certain extent we are who we are. Mm-hmm. You bring your personal sense into a business environment and some of it you have to adapt and adjust to the corporation. Like you can't go in right. and just like be topless at your corporation. I mean, I don't well, know. Maybe you can if you work at a producer I mean, staff. Job, maybe you can. This job sounding amazing. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you're a dancer. So that's different. <laughs> topless but i'm saying you can't you you have to follow a certain set of rules but at the same time you also have to to find the thing that fits who you are because if you're constantly trying to take a square and jam it into a round peg hole it's just misery for the corporation or the business and you and then nobody's happy and you're just going to get fired or you're going to quit so like i say flip this with your new therapist and start to distill a list of who you are and what you love and what you're great at and then start to look for the thing that matches that. And honestly, like that as a a problem solving, you know, solution, it's a really simple idea. One that it's it's almost so like, yeah, write down the things you love. Write down the things that have that. I mean, and that's where my brain, I'm thinking of so many extravagant, huge, big things yeah, that's something. Well, and that's why the ADHD is something that you need to <laughs> you need to acknowledge that your best friend is with you, and you need to do this. Like for me, I would write it down a simple list. But we've talked to other people with ADHD who are like, oh, and then I the list gets too crazy, and then I'm obsessed oh, yeah. about how long the list is. So it's oh, like that's also, why you I need... don't. I'm going to lose the list. I'm just going to tell you right. this right now, and <laughs> it's going to be on a list. I you know, and it's like a scrap of paper, and it's somewhere, and I probably threw it out, or I wrote other things on it. And that's why it's like helpful to have a therapist or someone who will help you manage the way you do right. this process. Yes. But I like, I really like that idea. Producer Steph. I also think it like reframes it as a positive thing. Like I remember someone one time in my life told me that like, it's so easy when you're like looking to date someone to like list all the things that you hate about a partner, like things that you don't want in a partner, but it's actually like way harder to write down the things that you want that are positive like specific things, but in doing so, like you end up kind of like reframing your brain to be like focusing on the positives. And I feel like that also is part of what you're doing. Like instead of being like, oh, I don't like this or this can't happen or whatever, you're like, okay, this is what I'm like a boss at. And like, this is what I want to feel like good doing. Yeah, that's a really good point too. I mean, you could spend all day on all of the negative stuff. I really do that a lot at work. I'm like, oh my God, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. And then, you know, there's a handful of things that I really, really love. So recently, I've just been really focused on those because it's less stressful. But it does rewire your brain to kind of push towards that positive every time instead of all of the things that you kind of can't stand. And some things you can't, I mean, how are you ever supposed to change those things? They're just things you don't like. There's some things you can't change. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because it's work. It's not, it's not a party. There's going to be that 15, 20% of your job that you're like, this sucks. Yeah. You know, I have meetings every other week with my operations manager and we just go over what's going on, numbers, like what we're hitting and everything. And they're always so positive. And if I set my mind to a goal, I say, look, we're going to hit this goal, this number in the next two weeks. We hit that number in two weeks. I'm pretty relentless when it comes to things like that. And I'm also one of these people who's like, you should teach waxing. I'm like, no, I'm bad at like, I'm bad at letting go. Just let me do it. I always say if I could just do everything at the center myself, I would do it and it would be perfect. Wax, checking people in, doing the numbers, hitting the goals. Like I can do it all. 
and I kind of want to, I'm having a really, it's tough to delegate. I'm, yeah. I'm not well, a good, once again. That's management's hard. That's not an ADHD thing. That's just management's hard. Yeah, they I just, just have is. a really hard problem delegating because I don't like that power of having that, if that yeah. makes sense. I'm like, oh, I'll just yeah. do it. My sister gave me advice one time and she was like, you have to look at everything from all different perspectives. Your perspective of something, I mean, picture it as like a big, you know, cube, whatever you're looking at, and you're standing in front of this part of the cube, and there's people standing all over it. And you're trying to explain it. Everyone's staring at the same cube, but everyone's seeing a different side of it. And that doesn't mean somebody's right or somebody's wrong, but you should look at all of that. And that really blew my mind. I've really followed that as an adult into everything I do. And I think a big part of that is being empathetic and trying to see things from people's sides and, you know, that kind of stuff. But I really wish I could know everything about ADD. I don't know if I can. I'm also learning about it in my ADD brain. So however I'm perceiving this information, it's going to be so specific to me as opposed to maybe it on a whole. Um, but yeah, I think that I've, I've kind of learned to not be so hard on myself. I mean, there's a lot of things I can't control. You know, and there are a lot of things that I can. I've learned to say I can't get frustrated and hate everything and get angry when I can do something about it. And I'm just choosing not to. I've just learned baby steps. It doesn't have to be changed overnight. It won't be. And I'll never change as a person. I will always be this person. I've really accepted that too. And by the way, and by the way, all right, here's your and by the way hot tip for today. No decision you make about your career or your life, for that matter, is forever. You can take a job, stay for a year and decide it's not the right fit. And then you could just like move the hell on to the next one. You always have the right to change. And it is never too late to do that. I don't care if you are 75 years old, but I am going to say this. Do this favor for me. As you move forward to your next step, your next phase, try to take in what you didn't like about the last step. You know, write it down, really look through it. But even more importantly, I want you to make a note of what you do like and use that information for your next phase. You will not regret it. Okay, folks, it's that time in the podcast where we get a little advice from someone who's, well, not me. So let's chat with Dolores. She's going to give us some tips on how to figure out what's next in your life. Take it away, Dolores. I have been in social work for um, about 32 years. My focus has always been on empowerment of, of my clients because I'm not going to be everywhere they are. And they need to be able to do some of the work that they need to do when they're out there on those mean streets. We don't have a lot of space these days to dream big to dream huge, you know, because most of the time it's like, be realistic. When we are looking for our passion, most of the time we look outside. It might be really useful to look inside to see what's the passion inside. You know, having a new baby, so many things change. Your sex life changes. Your relationship with your mate changes. Your Focus in life changes, and 
planning for a future for another, which is something that you may not have really considered on that depth before. So it's perfect because what can be available in this moment is something that could not have been available before. Your biggest, biggest, biggest clue is how you feel. Are you happy? If not, that means you ain't in the right place. But so much of the time, we don't pay attention to how we feel. It's like not important. It's like I got to pay the bills. I got to go to work. I got to do this. I got to make him happy. I got to make her happy. What about my mother? What about you? If we are feeling enlivened, inspired, and turned on and happy, we're going in the right direction. If we're feeling disturbed, unsure, just not happy, then take another step back and see what else you can do. Is there another path you can take? Can you just turn a little bit and take a step and see if that makes you feel any better? I mean, it's, it's all about just like step at a time. But the big part is we have to begin to pay attention to ourselves and how we feel. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's critical. We can't give to other people the joy of living if we don't know anything about it, if we're nowhere near it. And it's a disservice to you and the inner being that's like just waiting to get the job done. You know, I don't want to get spiritual, but, you know, we all came here to do something. Get it. Get it. You know what I mean? Do something. And when you're on that path, you know it. When you're not, you know that, too. And sometimes you got to say, I got to back out right now. I got to go this way. I'll I see you later, though. I can't. I can't. I can't hang right now. And let that be all right. I think we all need a Dolores in our lives, like a speed dial to Dolores. Am I right? Okay, folks, that is it for today. But before we go, I do want to say many, many, many thanks to Megan for sharing her journey with us. And thank you to Dolores for her wisdom on being stuck. For more Robin, and you may need that, you probably don't need it. But like, if you do, you can follow me at Real Rob Hops on all the platforms, all the socials, as the kids today say. Well Adjusting is an edit audio original, exec produced by Steph Colburn and Robin Hopkins. Thank you to Maria Passingham, Kathleen Speckert, and the whole edit audio team. Oh, hey, before you take out those AirPods, this show is just for entertainment. If you are in need of help, please, please, please reach out to a professional. Go ahead and get that help. You deserve it. Hey, y'all. I have a question for you. Have you been listening to Well Adjusting and secretly or maybe not so secretly thinking, geez, I have a problem. And I bet Robin and producer Steph might actually be able to help me make some headway. Now, if that's the case, I have to tell you, this is your sign from the universe to reach out to us about being on Well Adjusting. I'm telling you, it is a sign. Get in touch. It's so simple. Just email us at hello at editaud.io, or you can hit me up on the socials. I'm at at RealRobHops on all the platforms. And I have to tell you, we would love to hear from you. We'd love to have you on the show. What is it that you are waiting for? Hit us up. Let's solve the world's problems. 
no, okay, that, that bar is way too high. Let's, let's just have some laughs and, and get into it. We're going to all feel better for doing so, I swear. 